This is Plan B, Episode 20, for August 20th, 2013. Welcome to Plan B, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, contemplating the future and present of Bitcoin with insights for the novice, shop talk for the expert, and an opinionated discussion for the interested observer of Bitcoin and related technologies. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is my co-host, Drew. Well, hello there, Chris. Hi. Well, all of a sudden, you sound like way more awake than you did five minutes ago. What yeah. happened? Uh, you well, went into you know, show mode? Like I said, I had to run into a wall to get some blood going, so that's just I like, what I did. That's sacrifice for the show, Drew. I appreciate that. You well, do what you got to do. The show's going to shake you up this week. Are you ready? Uh, Germany is going to, they're going to knock your socks off. Uh, we got some blockchain. Do you use blockchain.info? Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, the local wallet? No, no, no. Blockchain.info all the way. So uh, you, 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 you got to stay tuned, Drew, because we got oh. news about blockchain.info. Um, oh. Yeah, I like how we pretend like you didn't know that. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. In fact, there was a little fun stolen f- from Blockchain Info. And then we're going to talk also about how Butterfly Labs is poking the hornet's nest and uh, all of that. But first, Drew, I want to start with the feedback this week because we got a couple of couple of different uh, – we got a smattering, Drew. What do you think about a smattering of topics? You like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, a, sm- a, sm- yeah. A smatter here, a smatter there. A little smatter everywhere, Drew. Let's start with uh, Mr. B's email this week. Pow, I'm going to call Mr. B. He says, hello, Chris and Drew. Well, hello, Mr. B. I was wondering if the Bitcoin system has a way of knowing which address is being used or which has been claimed. If not, how does it keep people from accidentally getting an address that is already in use? That is a great question. So pretty much from what I understand, I mean, it's basically, you know, obscurity. Like, you know, you can, everybody can create their address offline. You don't have to. The cool thing about Bitcoin is you don't have to ask permission to create an address. You can make as many as you want. You know, you can have as many as you want just for yourself. Like, you know, you create a million addresses. Nobody oh, yeah. cares. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, theoretically, it's possible that at some point in time, I would think that somebody else could generate or have the same exact random seeds that go to generate their own address. So technically they can, I mean, there's nothing really, you know, keeping people separate, keeping people from creating separate addresses. I mean, you, you can technically do it. I don't think it's been done. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, so uh, if we look back at last week, we saw a flaw that uh, in the way that the Android clients were generating their random numbers by using this uh, system built into Android that was not very good. And so we did see keys that could be similar or uh, ex- the same. Right. And so, but here's the thing, like on a desktop PC or even now on these new mobile apps, when you create a key, it's there's there's a lot of factors in play. Uh, first of all, now, do, Drew, do you remember, is it seeded from your, your other key, like your master, like the first key you created? Or it, there's, there's a seed there. I'm forgetting the details on that. But then also, your machine has a certain amount of random noise that it uses to pull that from. So it, it, you're, it's in some ways, the randomness is sort of unique to your machine. So that helps. But I suppose even if you took – now, if, maybe I'm wrong, Drew, but if I – let's just zoom all the way out and say – you know, 30 years from now, sometime in the next 30 years, 40 years, whatever, that happens. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it just be then whoever got on the network first and used that address? Wouldn't they be the one that essentially gets the funds? Like, because the blockchain, once it got registered in the blockchain and it, it was validated, it was verified enough times, then the next time the guy that also had the same address came on. I mean, so wouldn't you not only have to have somebody generate the same exact key 
but then also try to use it around the same exact time in order for there to actually be an issue with this? I mean, well, so, I mean, if we think about it, like, um, so if I create my own address, I got my own private public key pair. If you somehow have the same exact seeds or maybe, maybe not the same seeds, but your, your, your random seeds that go to create your addresses or your pub, your, your, your keys rather, if, if those produce the same output, I mean, which is, which has happened to MD, MD5. So, I mean, at some point in time, it may happen with, with, you know, how these, uh, uh, addresses are generated. But, uh, I mean, the network doesn't care like who who is signing on where at what time in what order. So I mean, if you have if you can sign a transaction with your with your private key, which is the same private key that somebody else has theoretically, um, then I mean you can I, unless there's something I'm missing, then you can just spend their money. Like if you just generate an address and somehow your address has the same uh, key pair as somebody else that has a balance on like that. what happened in the Android wall where that guy right, took right, fifty five yeah, Bitcoin. Yeah, so I mean, these guys were were noticed, or you know, whoever was creating some addresses, you know, create their own, and then they just see, hey, I got uh, I got a couple of bitcoins in this address that I just created. Yeah, I mean that that's just you know, so you can just sign you can just sign away with with the same private key that somebody else has because nobody else is supposed to have that. You can just sign away to a brand new address that you create for yourself, and you just jack their coins with you you know with the same stuff. Now, if you want to uh, get into the semantics or give us a little more perspective, give us a call one three fifty two. Fifty eight seven five two six two. That's one three fifty two fifty eight plan B. Leave us a voicemail with your thoughts on that topic and we'll probably address it on a future episode. Oh. Yeah. Thanks for sending that in, Mr. I'm calling him Mr. B. Hey, by the way, when you email into the show, it's always great if you uh, add your IRC nick if uh, you uh, join us in our chat room from time to time because the Plan B show is live on Tuesdays at two PM, five PM Eastern, and nine PM GMT. Oh. Yeah, it's very nice. All right, I had I had another point I was going to make um, on that, but I've forgotten what it was, Drew. So we're just going to move right along. Uh, our next feedback comes in from Waxwing, huh? How do you like that as a name? And I think hey. he's new, and he found us in the subreddit. This is a very good podcast. I tend to agree with both of you in the general perspective, and also you're uncertain on where to go from here. But let me offer a few thoughts. And so I think what he's referring to there is we were talking about, um, you know, the sort of drumbeat towards regulation that we're heading to and if that's actually a good thing or not. It's kind of waxy yeah, responding right. to that. <clears throat> he says, and this is, it's so basic, but yet it's so true. He says, the government, and let's be clear here, has two objectives to enforce AML, which really means to be able to trace all meaningful, meaningful flows of money, and to collect taxes. Both of these objectives require records of transactions and trying and tying transactions to identities. Bitcoin already provides the first, so the whole fight will will revolve around the second. So the second being tying transactions to identities. As you've pointed out, the current generation of Bitcoin entrepreneurs are falling all over themselves to provide this functionality to them. It's key to their riches. I'm hoping they do it via loose coupling, quote-unquote, like an external database and so on, perhaps optional settings within transactions so that the pure Bitcoin can continue. And when he says that, I envision like pure Bitcoin being like, I send a Bitcoin to Drew, Drew sends a Bitcoin to somebody, you know, that kind of person to person. And don't you think, Drew, like what he's talking about, like an external database is like a transaction tracking database that Coinbase is kind of setting up. Yeah, the same exact principle. Right, right. They built on. It's part of their it's part of their merchant processing system, right? It it stores all of this in a database. You create an account, you add a Bitcoin address, just like you would add a credit card or something like that, right? Right. Um, and I think you know that would be what Waxwing has touched on here. That would be the happy middle ground where you don't alter the protocol, you don't alt, don't touch the coin, man. Don't alter the coin, man. Don't, you know that man. kind of thing, right? You know what I'm saying, man? Don't don't ruin the coin. It's so cool, like how it is. Right now, man. Just just let each market adapt it how it needs, man, using their own bolted-on <laughs> services, man. 
Uh, all right. Uh, the one last one, I, I, this actually was not sent into our show. It was submitted to the Bitcoin subreddit. If you watch, if you've been there today, you've probably seen it. I wanted to cover it on our show because it is very eerily similar to comments we have seen come into the show. Uh, and he says, uh, this is uh, VZ88FJJ on Bitcoin subreddit. Last week, I put all of my life savings into Bitcoin. I'm only 30 or so, so I know this is a risk. I still have a chance to recover if it crashes, and I have a full-time job anyway. I thought how the people around me are putting money into their houses, into children, and expensive weddings, and they never get a return of it. It just disappears. I also thought about how most people will go their whole life and take the, and never take a risk to go for it. And when I'm older, I will not be able to do things like this. I will be a lot more conservative. Now is a time for me to take a risk. So... I put a total of about 50,000 USD in Bitcoin. I don't know how long I'll keep it in, but I'm thinking at least five to ten years, maybe longer. I've told anyone that I don't, I, uh, I haven't told anyone and I don't plan to, but I feel good about it. Another thing, of course, he's told a lot of people now. Another thing I think about is that there's only 21 million Bitcoins ever released. And that is nothing when I stop and think about it. To me, it seems like a great opportunity. So... Uh, it's interesting then to read the comments too, Drew, because like some people are like, this is the best thing you could have ever done. And it's always like, really? This is the most disastrous thing you've ever done? Putting all of your money into one type of thing is a really bad investment? Um, I, I'll be honest. I'm gonna, it's confession time with Chris. I was thinking like when I, um, when I was uh, doing a lot of contracting still and doing the podcast thing, mm-hmm. I was starting to save up money. So that way when I stopped doing the contracting thing, I had a little bridge until advertiser revenue and donations and, you know, we got affiliate stuff and everything all kind of got dialed in. Right. And, um, there was, cause there was going to be an income gap of maybe several months. And I was trying to build that up. So that way I'd have something to kind of, you know, even if it was still going to be really tight, I could at least make it. It did cross my mind <laughs> a little bit to just buy an S ton of bitcoins back in this course back then, you know, this was almost a couple of years ago now, I guess. Yeah, so you were looking at buying thousands of Bitcoins back in the day. That actually would have paid off in retrospect. Because, I mean, as we're doing the uh, show today, uh, Crazy Mount Gox has the crazy price at $121. <laughs> the crazy price Gox. Yeah, you know, and it's it's going up all over the place. This is one of the one of the topics uh, that we could kind of kick around today is uh, Gox is back, baby. Gox is the leader again. And everybody's following Yay. what Gox says. And Gox... I thought, okay, at first I thought, okay, Gox is just kind of ahead and it's going to come back down. But no, no. So, like, right now, if we go look at, uh, let's go look at uh, Bitstamp. Price is clocking in at 104. BTCE, the price is clocking in at, uh, it's not working on the Bitcoinity right now. But can't be X 104. Now, what's interesting to me about this is yesterday, two days ago, when I did that same little experiment, all of them were below $100 except for Mt. Gox. Now they're all slowly kind of catching up to Gox or, you know, everything's kind of, the, the gap is closing. Gox still seems to be the leader here. And so <clears throat> if I was going by the Gox price, I probably would have made a ton of money right now. So I, I do see where he's coming from. But damn that at a time when Bitcoin is facing these major decisions over regulations, this seems like it's, a really risky move. Uh, yeah, especially that much money. And a lot of people in the, in the subreddit complain to him about diversification and all that. But uh, um, in, in, a, in a similar note, I uh, in 2011 I put in 10,000 into I bought 10,000 dollars worth of bitcoins back in the day. So um, I made a lot of bad trades, so I screwed that up. Uh, hopefully, I'll get it back <laughs> to some degree. But yeah, you know, it's I a mean, scary thing, man. I, and I you do it. have a quite a bit of money in Litecoin too. 
Well, that, that's where it all is. I, I don't have much. I, I've been buying uh, coins on Coinbase, uh, like you know, like a couple fractions here and there. But uh, basically, all, all all of that ten grand went uh, into Bitcoin and then went into Litecoin around the time when Litecoin was having its nice little bubble. And luckily for me, it's uh, it's uh, burst a little bit. But uh, you know, it, it, it's a it's a it, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it. It's hard to know. Yeah, it's hard to yeah, it's hard to know if it's the right move. But it seems like to me, if you're really in it for the long year, five ten year, then it might be worth waiting a year just to find out how this regulation stuff shakes out. Because if he's putting fifty thousand dollars in, he's not even absolutely clear of what the tax picture of that looks like when it's time to claim that money. Right. He's not clear. He doesn't make it clear what his expectation is like. Because uh, you know, I, I, I had assumed that I would buy a bunch of bitcoins. This is how I thought. I buy a bunch of bitcoins. The price would increase significantly, and then I just cash out in USD. But with the I, I, that, that kind of scares me nowadays with with what we're seeing with with certain regulations being right. proposed and all that. And you know, I you know, it's basically. I mean, capital gains tax is basically a guarantee for for something that we'll see likely in the U.S. for right. you know for this. So well, and uh, we're going to talk about the Germany decision here in a minute, but it kind of actually sets things up for that there too, in a sense. And I, I don't know if I can argue against it completely. If you buy into something and it appreciates in value and you make a profit on that, that sounds like capital gains, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, so, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't like the whole taxes thing, but uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, <laughs> oh, I, can't, really? That's I can't weird. speak fondly about it. You're trying to get me to Hold on, let me write that about. down. So, okay, on August 20th, Drew doesn't like taxes. Oh, okay. I'm right. an outlier. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, uh, it's understandable. But, like, you know, that's a nice little, if that's really the extent to which they do things is you charge a capital gains. And the cool thing we'll, that we'll talk about with Germany is that, uh, you know, a, a, if you buy a bunch of bitcoins after a year of holding them, you don't have to pay capital gains. I'm, I, I cannot imagine the United States doing that, but that's a, that's a really cool concept. That is really like that. cool. I don't think the U.S. will do that either. But Absolutely not. And I, you know, for me, that seems like a great, uh, that seems like a good uh, middle ground there. So yeah, I it's a nice, it's a nice little thing, and they, yeah. they they're supposed to charge you like what twenty five percent or whatever. So and and they're talking about trying to figure out how they can do sales tax, and I guess and all that. So dang uh, son. Yeah. Dang. So. Well, all right. So uh, that's going to wrap up our feedback for this week. Thanks to you guys who emailed into Plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com or like Waxwing and left a comment in our subreddit. We'd love to get more. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to give you a little announcement now, and we'll talk about it again at the end of the show. Plan B is going to take a little late summer hiatus. Starting with this episode, we'll probably be back. We'll be on vacation until probably close to August. We're not quite sure. We're waiting on some final scheduling stuff. I know it's a big break, but I want to encourage you to go back and check the back catalog if you haven't yet. We've done some great interviews in the past, chatted about some really interesting topic and chatted with some interesting folks. So now is a good chance to catch up on that, as well as continue to submit your ideas to our subreddit and vote on them so that way we can have an idea of what trends you guys like. Because one of the things both Drew and I are going to do is take the opportunity to get out of the trenches, zoom out, take a take a macro look at the way, at where things are going, see what big trends we see happening over the next year or so, and then come back and talk about those things. Because honestly, there's a lot of questions uh, uh, with the, the stuff. We've raised them in the last several episodes. I think it's a good time to sort of have a big picture, sit down and look at this stuff. So the time will be spent well, and we still need to get your feedback. So feel free to continue emailing, leaving us voicemails, and commenting in our subreddit. All right. Oh, which, by the way, is planbshow.reddit.com. <clears throat> yes, I should mention that. Drew, let's talk about Germany and they're uh, now considering bitcoins a unit of currency if my uh, translate skills serve me well. This is big. The German uh, Federal Ministry of Finance said on Monday that bitcoin is not a full-fledged currency, but that it's permissible to use in private transactions. Uh, if companies want to use bitcoins for commercial transactions, however, they need the permission of the Federal Financial Supervisory Authority, uh, BaFin for short, 
And uh, that's what, according to a ministry spokesperson. Now, uh, what's the key vernacular here is they're not calling it like a full-fledged currency, but they're calling it a unit of currency. What jumps out at you about this, Drew? Um, that they, I mean, that they're they're not very, you know, explicitly hostile to Bitcoin because they're talking about, you know, a little capital gain tax here. You only got a year. But, uh, I mean, I, I, it's strange language that they say it's permissible to use in private transactions. But uh, I, I mean, guess they mean in drug trend. No, I'm kidding. I can't. Uh, <laughs> well, of yeah. course. That's, well, what else would you use Bitcoin for, man? Aren't you What the hell? Yeah, it is. But, say, uh, yeah, right. It's only used for drugs and terrorists as far as I know. Right. Well, I think, well of course. Oh, 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 sorry. Forgot about child porn. Oh, oh, how could well, I there, forget? Well, there you right? go. The trifecta. How, yeah, how could I forget? This is interesting. Uh, so, it, I guess what it essentially does, it doesn't put bitcoins on the same footing as a formal currency, such as the pound or dollar. But Germany's move does mean that people who have speculated in the online cryptocurrency, they could be liable for the capital gains taxes, like Drew saying, if they sell them in less than a year. But, like Drew said, if they hold them for more than a year, they're not liable. I like that a lot. And this is coming from uh, the ministry. This is like straight up from them. They're saying this is how it is. German authorities. They're going to try to work out how or whether they could determine taxes due on Bitcoin transactions between individuals. And this is a cool thing that I was that I was hoping for with Europe. You know, I figured I figured Europe would get like a little bit of a head start with uh, you know whatever whatever reg, uh, pro, uh, propos, proposals for regulations that they would have. So you were hopefully, right. Thought, hopefully, yeah, I know. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. But, well, no. Uh, in fact, um, uh, RT uh, did a little piece on this. They think this is opening the door up to the EU uh, for Bitcoins, and they think that uh, Germany is – this decision from Germany is good for the Bitcoin. Global official currencies have now got a new addition to the family. Germany has become the first country to officially recognize virtual Bitcoins as legal tender, valid for legal and tax purposes. Well, RT's host of the Venture Capital Program, Katie Pilbeam, joins me now with more. Uh, so, actually, uh, incredible news, in fact, for mm. Germany. So, what does it actually mean? What will change for Germans using the Bitcoin now? Right. Well, the fact that it's illegal is great for the image of the Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. The very fact that people haven't got to worry about breaking a law, they can buy their goods and services uh, very freely. And it's great for the transparency, for the trustworthy of the coin. As we know, since its introduction four years ago, it's not been short of controversy, that's for sure. And that's because it has had accusations of money laundering, drug smuggling, and that's because it doesn't have any association with the central bank or central government. And maybe this is something that makes it even more appealing exactly. now that Europe has gripped uh, you know, the uh, yeah, prices, prices and, uh, and, yeah. and also currency manipulation mm -hmm. and, and debt as well. That's what makes it so alluring, the people that people don't want that intervention for, from government. Um, uh, but as well as that, like I say, there's also the negative connotations that come with that as well because you don't have the regulation. Absolutely. That, that's a problem. So by making it legal, it's a step towards that. But you know what? It might mm, not a huge fan of that, but they're right, right? I mean, this yeah, is the it, first step, and it's gonna it's gonna make people, you know, like uh, entrepreneurs feel a little bit easier about how these right. things are gonna be treated because you really right. don't know. Like that's right. the whole uncertainty thing. Is, I think is not the uncertainty thing, thing has put cold water. Like you know, we've we've been like, oh, Coinbase gets six million dollars. Yeah, and then you, then you know what? Then I've heard like uh, VC guys, you know, chatting. They're like, oh, that's six million. That's cute. Yeah, we invest twenty thirty million. That's when you know when we're serious. <laughs> you see twenty thirty million. Uh, and I think the big, I think the big, big money, the stuff that's going to make the Winklevoss twins look adorable, is not going to happen until regulation is solved. Because nobody, nobody worth anything of that value is going to step in when there's a question on what the government's going to do. Uh, so they kind of touch on this. They, you know, I'm going to let it keep playing, but you just you have to listen because there you can hear how some misconceptions have worked their way into the reporting. 
take some uh, educating, actually, because mm. not that many people know about it, you know, how they can get it, because it's not really easy to get it. The process of getting Bitcoin nice. is called mining, mm -hmm. and it's also through some, you know, uh, mathematical sort of codes and stuff. Incredibly so you can't complex. really get it. Yeah, it's uh, really right. complex. And it's it probably limited. in a mm -hmm. tangible form, which is... It's, it's so it's it, the only way to get it is mining and it's incredibly complex, right? And because apparently, you know, Coinbase needs to maybe reach out to RT here and say, hey, by the way, we've seen you do a lot of coverage on Bitcoin. We'd like to show you how easy it is to buy Bitcoin because I've heard this many times on their network. They talk about the only way to get Bitcoin is through mining. I've heard it on Fox, too. And I feel like if a few of these networks started to get that part right, because right now they all talk about how hard it is to get the Bitcoin. Yeah, you think some exchanges would, you know, actually reach out to them and, and kind of give them a little little uh, overview of, of how to do it. But it, they make they make it sound like you actually have to do all this math yourself, right? That's right. The, yeah, you got to do all these mathematics. Very complex. It's all these incredibly complex. It's incredibly complex. There's this process called mining. It's very hard. Very complex. Confusing in itself. That's right. It's virtual. Okay? It, it is virtual. Um, <laughs> but really, for me, I see this as Germany's rubber stamp of approval. It because I love that. And it's virtual because not all of the currency we all use today isn't virtual already in reality. I know, right? I've got direct deposit. I've never seen right. any, any cash right. that you know came directly from the check. People need to start thinking of the dollar, like our physical cash, as not like worth anything itself, but a, a token for a virtual number in a, in a database somewhere. That's what it really is. It's, it's, it's just like a paper Bitcoin, printing out paper Bitcoin. It's, it, it is, it's not actually valuable itself, right? We just, it's, it's a mind shift thing. Anyways, I'll back it up and I'll let them continue. Tangible form, which is confusing in itself. That's right, it's virtual. Yeah, it, it is virtual. Um, but really, for me, I see this as Germany's rubber stamp of approval. It's mm -hmm. Germany saying when it's, it's, it's legal. And also, Germany is the so-called powerhouse of Europe. So if Germany's going to use it, they're saying it's okay, then why can't the rest of Europe so, follow suit? Yeah, the others might follow suit, and it's the first EU country that's using it. Indeed, the mm -hmm. very first. So it is, it's significant, to say the least. And it's been a very interesting month as well, uh, we have to remember, because Thailand said it was illegal at the end of July. They mm. banned it as a currency. But first week of August, we had a court in Texas saying that, that it was legal. And this makes the value of the coin in incredibly uh, tumultuous, very well, volatile. Actually, the U.S. Uh, is looking at it as well and mm -hmm. uh, maybe uh, with a possibility of regulating it somehow in the future. So we will looking see. Looking more feasible now. Looking though, more feasible now. Germany, Absolutely. So. Well, um, you know, given all pros and cons, what is actually, what uh, does this move mean for Bitcoin then? I think it's most definitely a positive because it means that there's two sides of the coin, excuse the pun. Absolutely. And um, it's, it's not all negatives for sure because the Thailand moment it was a bad point uh, for the Bitcoin, but right now it's looking positive. There's definitely two thumbs up from Germany. Marie. So Bitcoin is looking a beat at this point. Indeed. All right. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for explaining this uh, to us. You know, if uh, a false story about Bitcoin being said it's not uh, a legal form of tender by their bank and not by their government is the worst thing that's happened to Bitcoin <laughs> in the last month, then Bitcoin's doing pretty good. Seems like it's doing all right. And apparently the judge in, in Texas made Bitcoin legal. Yeah. Is what she said. <laughs> That's very interesting. You know, I guess we're all criminals up until that guy said so. The chat room is like, hey, let's not listen to these people there. They're just babbling. <laughs> but it, actually, I think it's um, as somebody who's watched some of these new technologies emerge, I think it's super, super important to uh, be a watchdog of the media and, and, and how they cover it. Because um, it's so it's been so interesting being a contractor watching this stuff. And then I go out and I don't do this anymore, but I used to go out and sit at people's desks and then hear them having the conversations about the things that the media had said and how they would parrot like the clips they'd heard from the media. And I thought, wow, these people have been programmed and they don't even realize it. And so I think it's extremely important to kind of monitor that stuff. And that's why we try to play those clips on the show from time to time. Uh, and it is. And hey, you know what? I also think it's of note, uh, the Russian government, uh, because that's who finances RT, 
definitely seems to be pro Bitcoin. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I mean, I, th- actually, I heard about Bitcoin uh, the very first time. I think I'm pretty sure it was the very first time through RT. Through uh, Adam Kokosh had a show on there back in the day. He had a, he had a guy come on talking oh, about yeah, us. That's yeah, that's yeah. where I first started yeah, getting yeah. into. Okay, okay. Uh, I thought you were going to say TechSnap, but that's that's cool, Drew. That's cool. Um, it was back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. So uh, one one little last aspect to the story, I just wanted to mention the uh, the e uh, the Verge. Sorry. The Verge was also sort of saying they can see how uh, this ruling sort of paves the way for legitimacy in you. They say the most interesting aspect, this is on The Verge, got it linked in the show notes, of the German ruling may be the consequences for the rest of the EU. The designation means that any exchange that wants to sell bitcoins in Germany knows exactly what it needs to do. Get a license from the Banfin under Article 32. Once an exchange is licensed in Germany, it would be allowed to operate anywhere in the EU. Right, which is in stark it, contrast from the U.S., which requires federal registration in addition to separate licenses from every single state. Yeah, Big that's difference. An, that's a, I mean, that's 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 a cool benefit about having the EU is that you know these countries can have a certain standards that they that they set their set things to, and then you know it's interoperable with other countries. Wow, did you just say something good about the EU? I don't think Americans are allowed to do that. Just so uh, you know. well, that's the first and last. Uh, <laughs> oh wow, wow. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. I don't even have a link to this. I, maybe I'll just go to the Butterfly Labs website. Uh, this week, Butterfly Labs, <laughs> you know, still waiting for my uh, 30, which is not going to be a 25 giga hash unit, but it's cool. Oh, downgraded. Oh, that's, that's oh convenient. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I still don't actually know for sure if I'm going to get a single to go with it to try to make up the difference or if uh, I'm just out of luck. I wouldn't know. My order is processing, Drew. <laughs> it is processing. Anyways, uh, this week, uh, Butterfly Labs announced a 600 giga hash Card. Now, this thing that's interesting about this thing is it's not a little box. It's not a USB accessory. It's like a PCI Express card. Goes in your rig. It's about the size of a big old video card. 350 watts. They claim, give or, give or take 20%, 600 giga hashes. That's quite a that's quite a plus minus right there. What's amazing is prior to this announcement, uh, BFL's largest rig ran at 500 giga hashes. And they were saying it was going to cost $22,000. It required over 100 chip, chips and an enclosure of almost 2 cubic feet in size. This new 600 gigahash device will be the first ASIC miner to take a form factor of a standard graphics card. That's not much of a selling point for me. It's got, it's got a, you know, it's like a, it'll pivot into a PCIe slot if you can get it. So uh, my immediate instinctual reaction was f butterfly lab screw you guys but you told me maybe there's more to it like you were kind of watching the drama on this and maybe that's am i taking things out of context here uh i mean uh i don't know man i mean to me it seems like they shouldn't even like what should be on the front page of their website right now should be an update on their shipping status that's what should be on the front oh, page. oh yeah you're getting to that point yo <laughs> The, the idea that that you're going to start announcing new products when you can't deliver products that you've promised over a year ago because this was a year ago, right? This is like 2012 when people purchased something. Yeah. I mean, you, it seems like a, a it seems like, it's like what we were talking about like a week or two ago with with all these mining with these mining hardware companies having a lot of problems with PR. It doesn't seem like I don't know what the deal is, but there doesn't seem to be that much logic going on here. I, I mean, mean how could you not expect a backlash from the community about this? So, and what they're telling me is by the way, uh while your while your uh order is on back order and now losing its value uh demonst- demonstrably We've also invented a whole new technology that's going to just blow that stuff away. So not only are you super screwed on timing, but we're also going to start selling stuff that is just going to nuke the hardware off the map. We were already incredibly late on delivering. So 
are they scammers? No, I just think they're a bunch of screw ups. I mean, this a horrible PR. B, I mean, they could have done this through private channels. They're not gonna they're not gonna make these things in mass production anytime soon. They could have gone to the big mining ops and said, "Hey guys, guess what we got? Don't tell anybody, but we'll sell this to you." No, instead they had to go put up a big Apple looking announcement on their website because they are a bunch of egomaniacs. And instead of <laughs> catering to their customers and saying, here's what we're doing to take care of you. I am sitting here as a customer who's ordered since the beginning of the year with no idea where I'm at in a queue, no idea where... I mean, at least freaking Mount Gox gave me a queue number. Gox could figure out how to do that. Butterfly Labs apparently can put a supercomputer in a graphics card enclosure (laughs) but can't figure out how to give me an order status update. It's ridiculous, it's insulting, and it's so infuriating. The, 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 goal that, the goal that they have to actually present this to, I mean, it, it, and especially to present for pre-order. Like if I'm anybody in management in Butterfly Labs, my first thing is to go, if we are going to sell any kind of new hardware, anything beyond what, we already, what we've already promised and already have sold to people, we have to have the hardware before we even announce it or something, something like that, right? It seems crazy to have more pre-orders. seems crazy. How many people are pissed? Well, and, and, and like IP Extreme says in our chat room, did my pre-order money go to fund the research and development of oh. this instead of shipping me my card in the fastest or my, uh, my little unit in the fastest way possible? Did, is that where my money went? Oh, one thing I'm curious about to see is if, I mean, before any of these things ship to anybody, I, they, they should have all the hardware that, they, that have been pre-ordered, you know, that were pre-ordered before. All that hardware should be shipped. Like the right. idea that you're releasing a Gen 2 thing prior to delivering something that you promised back I mean, in the day. They want to be Apple. I can tell with the all white <laughs> and big, big fonts. They had a very introducing sexy, uh, the monarch form too. Right. I mean, this is very yeah, sexy. exactly. It's very Apple esque. You know, but one of the things Apple does is they ship their products. Okay. Yeah. And could you imagine if they put out a pre order for the iPhone <laughs> six and then and then and then never shipped it and then put out the pre order for the iPhone seven? I was a pre-order for a product they haven't shipped yet, and they have the. They, it's not like this is a next generation product, right? This is like this is like they traveled to the time they traveled into the future with Marty McFly and grabbed this thing out of some sort of future computer and brought it back in time. I mean, this is a huge leap. I mean, six hundred gigahashes, three hundred fifty watts, and a PCI Express enclosure. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And the fact that they pulled that off is a huge leap in technology. And meanwhile, my piece of crap investment just sits there getting worth less and less by the very people that sold it to me. It's it's all messed up. One of the funny things that somebody pointed out in the subreddit was that uh, um, they uh, they uh, it doesn't look like a PayPal is an option anymore as a method of payment. Interestingly. Mm. So no little chargebacks so there. You can put, so you can buy with uh, Bitcoin and a, and a bank transfer. But uh, oh, I'm sure they'd love to take your Bitcoin for this. Yeah. I'd love to take your Bitcoin. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the uh, Monarch cards will will go into a PCI slot, and when they're in a standard ATX motherboard, you can actually power them from there. They say it just needs to be a one X slot. Uh, they can also be used as an external peripheral using USB 2.0, uh, and they can say it can be chained via a USB hub. And this motor can be controlled via an Android. You don't even have to have it. In a computer, you could have it in a USB hub, which plugs into an Android, and you could actually mine at 600 gigahashes from an Android device. Is what they're saying. I mean, that mm-hmm. if if all this is true, I, I am very impressed from like a tech geek standpoint. Right. You know, I, I got to give them props, but as a customer, pretty disappointed. And e- you know, even if they would have just done like a Hey, Butterfly Labs customer, thanks so much for being a customer. We want you to know that we are working so damn hard and we are shipping units like a, like a bunch of maniacs. And by the way, just because we're working super hard on that, on your stuff doesn't mean we're slowing down. You know, they could have done something like that in like a newsletter because they have all my info. 
Yeah, 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 that's a good point. Yeah, just being dicks. I mean, like, come on, like, really? Is is this really how things should be handled? Doesn't doesn't look very good. Pre-order terms this pre-order uh, are according to placement in the order queue and may take three months or more after the order. All sales are final. If you want to purchase fifty or more cards, please contact Dave McLean. Hmm. There you go. He puts his number right there on the website. Everybody yeah, go give a, Dave a call. Some balls to do that. Yeah. I, I've noticed the same thing. Yeah. Well, good for him. Good for him. I mean, that is that's good customer service. Yeah, it takes three months or more. Well, that sounds like a great guarantee, especially with how the difficulty is going nuts. I mean, how, how can you how can you project things, especially when delivery may take three months or more? That, yeah, well, that, that that settles me. That makes me feel. I great. don't think the technology is. I think the technology is moving too fast for the polished kind of solution that Butterfly Labs wants to offer. True, I think yeah. if you want to be in the profitable range of this stuff, you got to be the nitty gritty, big old cards hanging out of big old rigs with big old fans. Right, Ooh, yeah. I mean, you got to yep, be yep. right on the edge in order to make money on this stuff because by the time this stuff is put into a consumer package, the actual industrial side of Bitcoin mining has moved on, and we got to be real about the fact that there's an industrial side to this now. Time is absolutely money when it comes to yeah. mining hardware. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so blockchain.info. I use so one of the things I've mentioned before is I I kind of use blockchain info as my checking account, and I have Armory as my savings account, mm-hmm. and um, I've. I've always been a big fan of uh, the Chrome web app for, or the Chrome app, I guess, for blockchain where you kind of run everything locally. Yeah, it's all decoded through JavaScript or whatever. So, I mean, they, they store the encrypted blob that contains your private keys. Well, uh, James James, this is from a post uh, from Plucko, who is, uh, I think, he, you know, he's from blockchain. Uh, he says, um, James James has informed me of a problem with uh, RNG used by blockchain.info JavaScript clients being poorly seeded. When initialized in the background via a web worker task. In some browsers, this could lead to duplicate R values being used when signing transactions, Firefox being the most likely vulnerable to this. The issue affects transaction signing code only, not the generation of private keys. However, uh, there was a theft of Bitcoins using this flaw. Uh, there, we have a link in the show notes uh, to a discussion thread on uh, BitcoinTalk.org about that. Only like 1.1 Bitcoins, but still. Oh, um, well, I think uh, actually somebody else is, somebody has claimed later on in the thread um, that uh, somebody got 170 BTC jacked. No. And on the third page, the, uh, 170, I'm not sure how they dude? It. 170, yeah. So, I mean, who knows if it's, if it's legit, but uh, it looks like somebody's done some, some degree of analysis on, on addresses that, that could have this uh, flaw associated with it. Well, they posted the, the list of those addresses in there. So, I mean, it's not, it's not an issue in the generation of the address, so it's not like they can... They can, you know, generate their own private key, like we were talking about in the very beginning of the That'd show. That'd be seventeen thousand, seventeen point seven thousand dollars, right now at the current <sighs> price. It's man, the security thing is a scary thing. When you so got it's interesting because right last week we said the weakest part right now is still the wallets. So blockchain has pushed out updates. Uh, if you've got the extension for your, um, you need version two point eight five on Chrome. You need version one point nine seven on Firefox and version zero point eleven on the Mac. And if you're just using the web page, you're not using the plugin, you at least need to clear your cache. You need to clear out your cache. That way you get the new uh, JavaScript and all that kind of stuff. Only, According to blockchain, only a handful of addresses are known to have been affected thus far. Um, if you think maybe you were affected by the problem, um, then your coin's probably already taken. But all affected users uh, may be able to get a refund if you contact blockchain fast enough. They might be able to reverse the transaction. Email help at blockchain.info. They seem to be the quickest with, with uh, fixing a lot of these things. Yeah, right? they're serious, they, they, aren't they? They were the first to fix the Android issue. And here they are within, within the day solving this issue with, uh, oh. with these transaction signings. So. Chatroom is arguing my math. They say that uh, – so how many Bitcoins was it again you said? Uh, they said 170. 170. All right, I'm going to plug it in 
to uh, Preve.com. Uh, have we made Preve.com a pick? I don't think so. Oh, jeez. Gosh, I what are you doing, man? Come I should have blown it. Well, how about a bonus pick this week? What do you think, Drew? Since we're going to take a little break, we should do a bonus pick. Uh, oh, yeah. hell yeah. P-R-E-E-V.com. I'm going to pull it up right now in, in the web browser. I can't believe I haven't mentioned this before. Super simple Bitcoin exchange rate converter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you said how many Bitcoins? Uh, they say, well, Se- the transaction that he links here is 116, but he oh. says 170 in the body. So. 170. 170. All right. I'm going to put 170 in there. And that, according to them, $17,700. Right there. Boom. It's, this, is a great, this is such a great converter. And what's neat is if you notice, if I just leave the number in there, um, as the Bitcoin rate adjusts, oh, oh. it'll adjust it dynamically. So you can just put a, like, if you know, like, <laughs> I am watching 10 Bitcoins today, you can just sit there and watch the price change just for that. Uh, I probably, you know what it is, is uh, they're pulling from Bitstamp. That's why it's a little lower. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The default source has been changed to Bitstamp. But you can uh, you can change in the little configuration over on PREEV.com. You can change it to, to the GAX. And then if we change it to GOX and we put in 107, then we get 20,000. It's just all about the Bitcoin math, Drew. Three grand, man. That's pretty pretty nice. All right. Yeah. That is a, that's a difference, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you got, if you got the blockchain uh, info app, update it on your Android. If you've got the web plugin, Update it. If you're using the web app, clear your cache. Yep. Yeah. There we go. All right, that's it. That's it. That's all you got to worry about, folks. Okay, Drew, well, before we run, we got a little bit of fur of a show this week, but before we run, there was one story that RT also run, ran on the same day. They ran two stories on Bitcoin. I thought that was interesting. And one of the stories they ran was sort of a follow-up to the main story we talked about last week, all the all the investigations and the subpoenas around Bitcoin and bringing in those 22 companies. Uh RT's claiming, and I think this is an interesting take on it and probably accurate, uh, the U.S. sees Bitcoin, Bitcoin as booming and they are concerned that it might hit demand for the dollar. Lawmakers insist digital money should be brought out of the darkness and regulated, both in the interest of the public and the virtual currency industry itself. Economist Mark Thornton says the U.S. is just worried about the dollar. Their stated objective to investigate these currencies these virtual currencies, is that they may be used for illegal means or they may be used for tax evasion and money laundering purposes, which, of course, uh, that does occur. But that also occurs with U.S. currency, which is the major currency for drug dealers and smugglers of all sorts. So we have to look a little deeper here at these investigations. And what we find is that, of course, uh, the major credit card companies are concerned about Bitcoin as a competitor because it's cheaper and faster than their own services. There's no fees involved. What do you think about this? Do you think maybe some of this U.S. regulation heat that's coming down uh, from on high? I mean, we've seen we've seen it from the Senate. We've seen it at the New York uh, at the New York City level, um, at the state level. Do you think it's possible that maybe uh, the uh, Stakeholders at the credit card companies are leaning on uh, their politicians that they've bought and paid for to look into this. Maybe that's what this. Is, maybe that's the source of some of this. It probably. I mean, it, of course, we don't know, but it probably is to some degree. I mean, I can't imagine that all these massive multi-billion-dollar companies don't consider the possibility of of a of a, of a, of a, a system like Bitcoin. Because I mean, they're they're payment processors, and so yeah. is Bitcoin. But there's a great deal of difference in the cost of utilizing either one. So yeah. I, I, I mean, isn't that kind of what we saw with uh, with uh, maybe in the opposite direction, but with WikiLeaks back in the day and all that, and PayPal cutting them off, Mastercard cutting them off, 
you know, it seemed very strange that somebody who leaking information about the U.S. government would 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 very quickly all of a sudden, um, you know, be barred from from using these payment processors. It's for, it's sort of they got stuff, a, they right? got a real good mutual relationship set up. The uh, federal government can help maintain their monopoly, the Visa card, Mastercard, Amex monopoly, and in and in response. The credit card companies will happily shut down funding to terrorist organizations like WikiLeaks, right? It's a real good yeah, like yeah. little uh, agreement. Hey, you keep these up-and-coming cryptocurrencies off our back, we'll shut down funding. And then, you know, goodness gracious, look at this. Our mutual enemy, cryptocurrency, turns out it's a way to fund Snowden. Turns out that it's a way to fund Assange. Well, now this is a real problem. Now we got a real problem, right? I mean, I would not be surprised if, if to some degree, this this kind of pressure is going on. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, it's just when you give people a great deal, uh, give people a great deal of power. Um, people want to, uh, you know, manipulate that. Obviously. And I mean, historically, historically, the U.S. government has partnered in a sense, sort of done nod nod wink wink blessed monopolies. Um, the phone companies leap to mind there, you know, mm-hmm. for a while there, there was legitimately, you know, a government sanctioned monopoly. And it was sort of like, because we, you are accommodating us and all these things we need, it's critical, it's critical. So we'll do it. Um, and maybe we see that happening here. And Bitcoin is certainly a challenge to that infrastructure. Bitcoin, like we've said before, is it's like the internet of money. It's It, it totally is going to shake up the credit card transaction system and BitPay and uh, BitInstant are all examples of that. So I'll let them continue. And so they're concerned. And also the Federal Reserve and the Treasury are concerned that in the long run, virtual currencies may uh, siphon off some of the demand for the U.S. dollar. So the government is concerned about Bitcoin and its popularity at many different levels. The online currency has won official recognition with a U.S. federal judge ruling it is real money. A Texas man being tried for laundering billions of dollars using the Bitcoin system challenged the court <laughs> by saying Bitcoins were virtual and couldn't be basis for a fraud charge. Well, he failed. RT's Peter Oliver went to meet those who have no doubt Bitcoin has real value. Bitcoin, Litecoin, Coin, TerraCoin. Bitcoin can seem baffling. Those developing the digital currency perhaps a little bonkers. It has the potential to be brilliant, but we're still in the early days. Down the road, I think it has tremendous potential, and within the next years, it can be used by everybody once the convenience is there. It's in so-called hacker spaces like this one in Bratislava that the kinks in the currency are being ironed out by a dedicated and close-knit group even holding a wedding within their digital den. To care for and protect each other and your family. (laughs) The developers may seem an unconventional group. This is an unconventional currency. Not controlled by any government or central bank, this peer-to-peer method of exchange is looking to branch out. It will take the standard uh, life cycle of every technology, of every new technology. I think the geeks will use it first, and sooner or later uh, the customers will use that. However, with one Bitcoin currently being worth around 70 euro and only existing in cyberspace, it's not really being cohesive with the high street until now. We make uh, low denominations of Bitcoins, like uh, some kind of 5 euro, 2 euro, 1 euro in that size, which would be for example, 0.01 Bitcoin, and it would look like this actually. We want to make an easy to use solution for them, like to keep 
bitcoins in their daily life, pay their daily life things with bitcoins like a pizza or um, a Coke at a bar or something like that. So I think it's interesting, you know, they're, they're a new developer. I don't know if they mentioned his name there. Uh, and I think it's fascinating that from their perspective, they're worried about the average person using it in their average daily life for average daily things like pizza. And then on the other end, we have Coinbase and we have all the people who are in the entrepreneurial space who want to use it for these grand vision things. It's sort of a mismatch, bit of a impedance mat- mismatch between the developers and the high end of the Bitcoin economy. Right. Interesting that they touch on that. Security online is a major concern for us all these days. So developers are looking into a number of ways to protect consumers' cash. We already talked with some high security labeling uh, companies. They will, uh, they will do us uh, some labels like with holograms, self-destroying if you rip them off. So we tried really a lot to make it really secure uh, for the people that they can be sure that the coin is valuable, so they really can use it for trading. Due to the digital nature of Bitcoin, there's no limit to the shape the physical currency can take. You can stamp a QR code on it, it will work. Just how easy is it to use? You pass me your credit, mm-hmm. I start my QR reader, just read it in, and since this one was not claimed before, I can just claim it. Now, now it's mine. It's going from an obscure online format to being touted alongside gold and silver as the only safe investments by those in the know. Bitcoin has uh, absolutely triumphed as the dollar has crashed 90% against Bitcoin as Bitcoin is set to take on the world and root out the banksters. And if this continues pretty soon, Bitcoins might not be only for nerds. They could be the cash jingling in all our pockets. Peter Oliver, RT, Bratislava, Slovakia. I love the idea of having a pocket full of physical Bitcoins with QR codes and then I just assign a monetary value to that. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, this coin, this one's going to be worth $10. Here you go. Thanks for the drinks. This coin's worth a dollar. Here you go. I think that is, it just, that to me, like, I think, I hope we'll look back and think it's quaint that you had to carry around this piece of paper dollar and it was only worth the money, the value printed on it. You couldn't just assign a value to it. Why? That's, that's so analog, you know, like, (laughs) so analog, right? Doesn't it just seem like super analog when you think about it? It's crazy because they really are just virtual claims on a virtual (laughs) number in a database. So why not assign any value to it? It just just blows my mind, Drew. Anyways, really positive piece. I thought there overall, I I really enjoyed it and get, it's fun. There was a wedding between developers. I, I didn't get the details of it. I had it earlier in the week, but that was a long time ago, Drew. Mm-hmm. That was a good piece. It was a good piece, and I liked it quite a bit. All right, Drew, before we get out of here, we got to cover our pick. And I thought since we're taking some time, you'd put this in a dock of suggestions, and I grabbed it. It was perfect. Plan B show is going to be on hiatus for a few until Drew gets back, letting us take a look at the big picture, letting Drew get some work done and take some time off, cool yeah, off well, a little bit. It'll be a great vacation working. <laughs> right, I know. Well, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, your situation kind of sucks there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Drew. Thanks, man. Yeah, you, know, you know, I tell him I see it like I, I, I say it like I sees it. Uh, I want everybody. You've probably seen this. It's been around for a real long time. It's a great post on the uh, Bitcoin.it wiki. Myths about Bitcoin. Um, if you've ever heard, like, you've ever been talking to somebody about Bitcoin and they've said, "Oh yeah," like the I've Ponzi heard of Bitcoin, scheme, man. Yeah, it's a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, that's it's a good a one. Scheme. 
or the confirmation time takes too long for point of sale uses or there's a finite finite amount of coins and that means when people start losing them we're going to have it where it's going to send bitcoin into a deflationary spiral spiral or bitcoin mining is a waste of energy and harmful to the ecology this wiki page has answers to that and much much more oh like i like i love this one quantum computers could break bitcoin security like let's freak out about that yeah let's freak out about quantum <laughs> yeah. computers right now um anyways a oh, bitcoin was hacked if you have somebody that throws that in your face Send them over there to the Bitcoin Myths wiki link. We'll have that. I know I, uh, it's just like this is one that we need to – we should have mentioned in episode one. Right. But yeah. we forgot. So we're doing a make good right now. And as we, as, we t- as we go away for a little while, you guys can refer to that in the meantime. Maybe you can fill in the gaps while the Plan B show takes a break, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boots on the ground, Drew. That's what I always say. All right, man. Well, so uh, you want to you want to get wild? Let's let's do something crazy since we're going to be gone for a little while. Let's say the price right now as we're about to wrap up. Oh. We got to do oh. it, Drew. And by the way, I will accept Mount Gox will not exist as an answer. But when the show comes back, price right now one hundred twenty two bones U.S. What do you think it's going to be when we return? Uh, what what uh, exchange are we talking about? Well, I say we go Gox unless you want to call Gox doesn't exist. But I think that's. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we kind of have to. If Gox still exists by then, <laughs> assuming it does, uh, I, I'm saying around 150. 150. 150. All right. I'm going to say 100 and – oh, crap. Now I actually got to put it out there. You think it's going to go up, huh? You think it's going to go up? I, I, think, I think we're going – I think we got another bubble I, I in, in, our, in our – maybe not near future, but uh, maybe we're working towards one. Oh, so you're working on the theory that the bubble will be continuing by the time the show returns, that it's not going to pop in between. Uh, it seemed, well, I mean, I, you know, no, I, I think you could be onto something. I think maybe as we go through these, these bubbles are going to be a little more sticky. Um, all right, I'll go, I'll go in with your bubble theory and I'm going to say 142, 142. And I'm going to say the wild card is if Gox rolls out Litecoin trading between now and then. Cause well, that well, could oh, oh, I want to go there, huh? You want to go there? You want to you try to boost my spirits or, or, uh, or bring them down, right? So I, I, I think they might. Starts, no, no, I think Go- if, if I were smart, if I were, if I were sitting there and I, was, and I was at Gox and I saw my dominant slipping, I would seize the opportunity of supposedly a new trading engine coming online, higher prices, and people referring to me an awful lot. I would be like, boom, Litecoin. What do you got now? What do you got now? I know BTC, you know, has got like, but boom, I got Litecoin. What's up? And I think if they did that, I think they could sort of stop the slide that they're currently in. I think they would I, stop the slide. I, I pray that you are correct. I pray. Well, you pray because you want the value of Litecoin to go up, but I kind of want my outgox to die, so I'm not so sure. Well, yeah, it Maybe can die after that. I mean, we, you know, it can be they bring it online in a couple months, but uh, you know, but, uh, hopefully, hopefully, they're not pulling the butterfly labs on us because this whole this whole Litecoin trading thing is pissing me off. We'll see. I mean, I, I hate to be too hard on Gox. They have done a lot of good things for the Bitcoin, but at the same time, they've done a lot of bad things. So I don't know, Drew. I don't know. All right, folks. Well, uh, I want you to join us next week. No. Oh, no. Wow. wow. That was habit. That's habit right there. No. Uh, follow the plan B show.reddit.com or the jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar page. And we'll have uh, when we're going to be back up there. But you can keep emailing us, plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Or you can start a thread in the subreddit, and that way the community can chew on it while we're out. Or leave us a voicemail, one three fifty two fifty eight plan b Drew, good luck. Have a good travel, and enjoy your time off. All right, thanks, man. See you. All right, everyone. We'll have a great uh, summer break. We'll see you back here in a few weeks.